from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Marketing Matters here on Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. I'm Barbara Kahn, the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing, and I'm joined by my co-host, Professor Americus Reed, the Whitney M. Young Jr. Professor of Marketing and the Brand Identity Theorist. Hello, Americus. Hi, Barbara. It's great to be back. I uh, appreciate you holding it down while I was away for a bit. And uh, yeah, I'm totally excited to uh, jump right into things, hits and misses, all the kind of cool stuff that we do here on Marketing Matters. So this is awesome. Well, it's great that you're here. Always love it. It's always more exciting. You know, left me in the lurch a couple of times with some of these other people. Like I had to talk about music and uh, rap and all oh, sorts nice. of stuff that I knew nothing about. And, uh, That's great. But see, that literally means that you can ask the important questions. Uh, you know, I can say because... it's not directed towards me. So <laughs> good stuff. By the way, speaking about your perspective, and before we get to introduce our guest today for Daphne Howland, I know that you've seen what Tiffany's doing with the royalty of Jay-Z and Beyonce. They Man. did some kind of really big thing in Times Square. Yeah. Um, did you have any reaction to any of yeah, that? Yeah, well, see, I, I'm going to say something that might be a little controversial here, Barbara, because and I think I can say it, though, because I, I'm a black man. So I, I believe I have the right to, to, uh, to open up these conversations. But I was nervous because I'm like, wow, that is a serious, serious move. I mean, we, you talk about moving away from the old into something totally foreign, totally different. And it's like, I was in my mind, Barbara, I'm loving it because, you know, I'm, I'm into urban culture and I'm into obviously Jay-Z and the queen and all of this kind of stuff as fans of the music and the art, but it's like, wow, what a very provocative move to say, we're going to take this and we're leaning in on this. So I'm a little bit nervous for Tiffany's, not from my perspective, because I love the idea, but from the perspective of what are people going to say who maybe have a more traditional view viewpoint or I don't, I don't even want to know if I want to call it conservative with a lowercase c but kind of a you know a, a different view of, of kind of the old because in my opinion and I want to get your perspective on this Barbara and you as well Daphne this is literally saying we are setting a new time frame we are setting a new perspective on the brand and it's to me it's like this is a totally different thing now what are your thoughts yeah let me introduce Daphne Howland who's here with us she's a senior reporter for retail dive and we're gonna in this half hour we're gonna talk about hits and misses and this wasn't even a hit or a miss it was just a happening as far as I was concerned and I was really really interested in Americus's point of view, not only for his expertise, but as he said, for his own perspective. So I was really interested to hear that. Daphne, you're an expert in the area too. This is really Tiffany's breaking out of the mold of the 1800s, that's for sure. Did you have a reaction to it? Well, and hi guys, I always love being here. Um, I think the last time Tiffany's probably broke out in this popular culture way might've been with Audrey Hepburn and Breakfast at Tiffany's. What was that, 50 years ago? <laughs> yeah, oh, only a half century. But, uh, you know, when it's time to modernize, it's time to modernize, I guess. <laughs> well, and the, other, the funny thing that about that movie also is that if you remember, she can't really afford anything from Tiffany's. So they end up yeah. just getting raving off the, the Cracker Jack ring or something. Um, I, you know, you guys know better than I do what kinds of chances that Tiffany's might be taking here. But I almost wonder if 
it's the other way around that maybe Jay-Z and the queen um, have, <laughs> have pushed and, and maybe just, you know, um, hip hop and their world is actually mainstream enough to, mm-hmm. to um, be comfortable for someone like Tiffany. That, yeah. That's yeah. a question that I would ask. That's so. fair. And, I, and just to, to build on that, Daphne, and, and jump in on this, Barbara, I mean, you and I, Barbara, we, we are all into the research. Someone had someone had to do an analysis, right, <laughs> where they said, you know, what is the brand, the Jay-Z brand, the Beyonce brand? What is that? And then what is, where are we trying to go with Tiffany's? And to Daphne's point, is that Jay-Z Beyonce brand mainstream, you know, widespread, internationally global superstardom enough to be able to take us where we want to go? And I honestly don't have the answer to that. What are your well, thoughts, Well, it's Barbara? no Kanye West, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, he's got, I mean, I looked up just to see, because after this, I was curious as to see who was richer. And according to Google, um, I think Kanye West is actually richer than Jay-Z. Interesting. Um, but he's definitely, to Daphne's point, not nearly as mainstream as Jay-Z is. Interesting, interesting. So, like, now, Bar- Barbara, I was not on that list, just to let you know, so that you're not too surprised. <laughs> yeah, so the hundreds of millions, billions, I don't know, way out Huge. of my league. In my opinion, it's a, it's a big bet because I, you know, I'm, I'm into urban culture. I'm into all of these things. Big fans of hip hop, big fan of just the, the global iconicness, if you will, if that's even a word, uh, of both of these two superstars. So I love it, but I'm just, it, it's, sh- it's so shocking to me. It's like, this is just not what I ever envisioned the Tiffany's brand to be. And I guess I have to just, you know, get on board because it's, it's, it's clearly where they're leaning in on and clearly where they're headed. Yeah, it's really interesting. Shows how the world of marketing has changed. So let's play our hit and miss game. Americas, do you have a hit or a miss today for us? I do, Barbara. And so this is, I want to take your, uh, our historical uh, analysis back to, do you recall the Google glasses? Do you remember this? When, when Google first put these things out? Okay. So I, maybe it was way ahead of its time because people were like, I mean, you were stigmatized. You were shunned if you showed up with these glasses. You were called, what was it? There was a derogatory term that glass holes, I think, is the term. It's like, oh, you think you're all this with your tech and blah, blah, blah. But now, so, so you know, fast forward to right now, Ray-Ban is actually leaning in on a smart shades uh, and so th- this product, and I have, I've been looking into it. I'm, I'm waiting to get a review on this product by some of the uh, YouTube influencers who do tech reviews. But basically the idea is they're smart glasses. And in conjunction with the partnership with Facebook Live, Barbara and Daphne, you basically can take pictures and do filtering and stickers and all kind of stuff from the glasses, directly what you're seeing, and then posting directly to, to Facebook Live. And so I, I'm like, wow, that's kind of interesting. Uh, but I don't know if it's a hit or miss because I, because here's the thing, and I want to get your perspective on this. I don't, I'm not sure, Barbara, if people have enough time for yet another thing that they have to be worried about, right? You've got your phone and you can kind of go to TikTok and Gram, Twitter, all this stuff that you can do on the phone. Are you going to actually now put a, have another device? I mean, yes, you do have to wear shades when it's sunny, or maybe, you know, that's an excuse to have, to have shades. So you're going to have shades perhaps, but is there enough motivational impetus uh, demand interestingness to be able to do this in a way that's successful for Ray-Ban and Facebook. So I'm putting out there, I don't know, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, I have a reaction to it, not 
you know, that's, I don't know if it's a hit or a miss, but I think it's scary because one of the things about the phone is even though people don't like to be, have the phone be taking pictures of them, at least, you know, that's happening. And one of the issues I remember with Google glass was that you could do it surreptitiously. So now you can feel like, you know, you never know who somebody behind those shades is watching you and oh, that information is being documented. And that's a little scary to me. So the idea, like, you've got to be on your best behavior now because everywhere you look, well, you always knew there were cameras everywhere anyway. But yeah. now the man on the street, the woman on the street might be taking oh, that's That's super interesting. Jump in on this, Daphne, because now Barbara has introduced a really interesting nuance here, right? The, the trust issue. And now you're talking about adding Zuckerberg and Facebook Live, I'm not sure you already have the building blocks, the DNA for that, you know, kind of trusting of what's going to be happening with this information. What What are your thoughts, Daphne? Well, uh, the, when I heard Facebook Live, I thought, ouch, you know, right now anyway, Facebook isn't the name that you want to be saying out loud and connecting your brand with, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, then again, millions do um, for billions of dollars. So the other thing is, um, the other thing that I think is, I don't really know how they're working. Is this interactive? Is this the kind of thing where you're driving your car and you're seeing stuff besides the road? Because there's way too much of that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I don't know if it's video specific or it's picture specific. In the advertisements, it looks picture specific. They don't show any uh, video. But I, this is really interesting, like safety, trust issues. Barbara's point about, you know, what's happening with your data, you know, uh, you know, bad actors, if you will, <laughs> getting a hold of this and doing all kinds of nefarious things. I hadn't really thought about that, you know, so I think it's and, kind of and interesting. We haven't even brought up the issue that, of course, you should be bringing up, which is it's Ray-Ban doing it. Yeah, uh, Yes. All these questions, is that going to promote the brand of Ray Brand? I don't think of them as a yeah. tech brand. I think yes. of them as a style brand. Yes. So it's it's interesting that they've decided to take the lead and kind of tiptoe into this area. Yeah, totally. Totally. So give me give me give me a response. Is it a hit or a miss? <laughs> I I think it's what do you call it? A hiss? Or a, <laughs> a <mit? laughs> it's not clear to me. <laughs> I'm not sure it's I don't know if I were Ray Band if this is where I'd go, but maybe they think they could be the first and they'll win something. Mm. I I just wonder if it's gonna sort of fizzle the way Google Glass did too. Um it's an, uh, the other thing is that's a whole new level of Losing your sunglasses is just that much more of a mess. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. <laughs> Yet another thing to lose. That's exactly right. That's it. Okay, so let's move on to the next one. Uh, let me do my hit and miss, and then we'll see what Daphne has to have talk about because of course she's a reporter for retail dive that's just let me just reintroduce her uh we're joined by daphne howland who's a senior reporter for retail dive americus and i on marketing matters are now doing our hit miss segment and the question that i have is really big news today is sax is announcing the ipo for its sax.com i guess it's called and Mm. they're separating out their e-commerce from their mainstream um from their mainstream stores. And Daphne, you actually wrote about this. Mm. So mm-hmm. I'm the facts I, I get are from your story. <laughs> so since you're here, you want to tell us a little bit what the literal well, facts yeah. are? Um, and, and thanks for that. Unfortunately, the facts you get, the, this is a situation that's um, fairly devoid of facts as, as far as how exactly is this working in March 
Saks um, split or the Saks owner, Saks Fifth Avenue split up its e-commerce and its brick and mortar are now two different companies. Mm. Um, in order to make this happen, people familiar tell me they spent months devising a series of operating agreements so that if you go to a Saks store or you go to the Saks website, you don't, you're not aware it's two different companies. Mm. You can return an online order to the store, um, things like that. I have not been able to find anyone to go on the record telling me that this is a good thing and this is why, you know, mm. How is this really working? Mm-hmm. Um, so far, retail veterans, analysts, you know, Wall Street analysts are just really unsure about this. Mm. Uh, it's clearly, the, everyone's looking at this as a financial play. I don't know. You know, it's mm. like sort of like when Sears would sell the, their store and their land for a bunch of exactly months. it reminds me of what happened to sears it was taken over sears was taken over by a real estate guy who didn't understand retail <laughs> oh, and dear. now we have hudson bay being taken over by a financier or a board who cares more about the bottom line than retail mm-hmm. you know she she's a, a objective reporter and just reporting the facts i'll tell you my opinion, <laughs> my opinion here's my barbara's opinion. hot take right here ladies and gentlemen <laughs> yeah, my right hot here. take on this is this is crazy i mean mm. i think the world of retail is moving to omni-channel, the seamless integration between e-commerce and physical store. And that means the physical store has to change. Mm. A lot of the, the impetus for this, I think, is so much activity is happening on, online and people are not sure what to do with that real estate uh, of, of the store and how to make that be the most profitable part of the business. Um, but to separate them out and not understand the way people want to shop, I think is missing mm. is missing the missing the big picture. And you look at experts like Alibaba who really understand the seamless integration between online and offline. They, they call it new retail, or you look at Amazon, nobody's going to call Amazon not understanding what's going on in today's world. Amazon is building stores. So um, (laughs) I think that the idea of completely separating this, it may make sense in the short term financially Mm. and Mm -hmm. I'm not an investor, so that's not my goal. Mm. But from a retail point of view, I'm baffled. Interesting. How about from a branding point of view, Barbara? What are the implications of separating Well, I mean, Daphne was saying that the, the consumer's not supposed to see it. Some, mm. I, and that's what she was saying. The facts and how this is going to work is not clear because the legacy, before we came to the world we're in now, it was very common for the e-commerce and the physical to be separate. And it was actually very difficult for the, for the two halves to integrate. Like that took a very long time. So if in the past, if you were shopping, say, on Macy's site or Macy's.com, you would not see the same inventory. You would not mm. see the same kinds of product as you would in the store. Or mm. it might say that it was sold out online and they have tons of it in the store. None of that was integrated. Mm. And that was very, very confusing. Mm-hmm. So modern retailers tried to integrate all of that. So the retailer knows where the inventory is, knows what's going on, and they have one view of the from the customer's point of view and from back office. Interesting. But I think that's what Daphne's saying. We don't know all the details. It just seems like 
it makes sense financially from interesting i'm sure pretty sophisticated finance people but no and i'm told on a high level that this is taken care of it is integrated the mm. next question becomes you know then how is that working is mm -hmm. the Brick and mortar side having, you know, they put they put all the merchandising teams on the e-commerce side. Does that mean now the, the store company has to pay fees to get the kind of expertise that they right. once had as part of being one company? And then <clears throat> so is that kind of a backdoor way of continuing that financial part of it, you know, squeezing the brick and mortar side? That that's why I really would like to know. Mm. more details about what this setup is mm. i understand the that flush of cash that they're talking about getting out of it but long term is it also maybe a bit of a cash cow um and then what is it what is it going to do yeah so that's good at least they do understand that we're not going backwards on that one view to the customer so that part is good and again the finance part of it not usually you know, that's not my expertise. And I'm sure these people know what they're doing. But what was interesting is they were trying to move to there's somebody involved in the Sachs deal is also on the Macy's board. And mm. they were advocating for Macy's to separate out Macy's.com from Macy's stores. Mm. And the CEO of Macy's was resistant to that. Interesting. Um, so Interesting. we'll just see. But as the world of retail is going you know, forward, we're going to see a lot of changes when we finally get out of COVID and what omni-channel actually means in the United States is still up for grabs and something to be seen. So Daphne, I understand you have a hit and a miss for us what 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 I have you been looking at each. what do you want first let's do, uh, let's do the hit what what you think is a hit we'll see about that <laughs> <laughs> right 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 um this this is an easy hit because there's no hiss involved uh, and this is a story um written by a colleague of mine about just the inclusivity of mannequins in stores mm. and how so many brands have finally realized that mm -hmm. it really it probably pays, but also it's just a, the decent thing to do is mm. to mm -hmm. show people how the clothes work. For, uh, <laughs> or, 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 or show a body type that actually exists. Exactly. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah. And um, the one, I guess the one miss here is that um, I was talking to a source and he said, you know, that really was a great story, but you notice nobody's doing this for men's Ah, ah, that is interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. That would be interesting. Is I, if I, I'm not sure. This is a good point. I'm not sure how I'd feel, Barbara and Daphne, if I were to walk into the Nike, uh, you know, store, the the pristine, just the the the, the heaven for people of of sports, and I were to see dad bod mannequins in there. I'm not sure. I'm not well, sure you know, how I feel is, about that's that. That's very interesting because there has been research on it, and so it is true that people you know, or inspired or they aspire to be the, the ideal form that you see there. And in some cases, moving to advertising that features less than the perfect body has resulted in lower sales to your point. 
But on the other hand, I agree with Daphne. There's something about getting used to seeing all the different body types in the store that normalizes the situation. Mm -hmm. And to the point you were making, Americus, they were putting their things that were just not realistic bodies. So this goes along with the story that we've seen from Facebook, that Instagram Mm -hmm. is destroying the mental health of teenage girls Mm -hmm. because it's putting out there things that have been toxic for a very, very long Mm -hmm. time, even before you know, social media back in the old days with advertising and fashion magazines. Mm -hmm. Um, So the idea that your eye gets used to Mm -hmm. realistic body types, you know, and maybe you Mm -hmm. can do sexy advertising and inspire me to kind of be more glamorous than I am, you know, and kind of have wishful thinking when I go shopping. (laughs) Maybe that's still going to work. But I think normalizing the body types to be more realistic is definitely a hit. Yeah, I have to agree with that, Barbara. I also think that it really addresses the asymmetry, if you will, for uh, male and female body uh, body perception differences, right? So men have never been, I wouldn't say never, that's a strong word, but men are are not stigmatized for pot bellies and, and things like that. It's yeah, just it's like, lovable. oh yeah, it's great. It's lovable. It's so, it's so lovable. It's huggable, you yeah. know? It's so, so now that things are starting to get calibrated, you know, we'll see if, if some of these uh, asymmetries, you know, resolve themselves, which I think they should. So I, I actually very much agree with this. This is a quite a nice hit. You know, and going along with this, you're seeing more realistic portrayals, not only of body types, but of relationships and mm-hmm. gender in TV and movies. And I've noticed in myself that some things that used to like raise my eyebrows are now so ho-hum. I've really come to accept all sorts of different types of behavior as along a wide spectrum of human beings. And I I really like feeling that way personally. I I appreciate diversity. I do too. Great, great points. I I sort of feel like this comes back full circle to Tiffany and Beyonce Mm. Z because Mm. one of I thought of was how they had such a high profile marriage challenge mm-hmm. her masterpiece and then a follow-up album by the two of them um and to have that couple be you know the the faces of the brand I don't know that that would have been done 20 interesting years oh I yeah I, that's, that's sure. a great point so so wait a minute I want to make sure I understand this are you saying does Tiffany's have a clause <laughs> in their contract with uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z, Barbara, where they say, you guys got to stay together for the next, at least next 10 years, because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is a long-term branding play. You yeah, can't do, don't blow this thing up. <laughs> All above my, you're not on the billionaire list. <laughs> Tiffany's not consulting with me. <laughs> no, they're not consulting with me either. So, <laughs> so who knows? Okay, Daphne, you came prepared. You have a miss also. What's your miss? I love this miss um, Macy's and the control they've lost um, or could lose of the huge red billboard that has been on their sign at Herald Square, New York City for mm-hmm. uh, I think since the 60s. Um, Interesting. Yeah. It's um, it's in court right now. I actually, you guys might know better than I do. I don't know how much time you're ever in New York, but I haven't been able to confirm. It sounds like the sign might already be down. Oh, okay. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Well, because- is this related to Amazon wanting to take space on that? Mm. So 
Macy's in their court filing accused the the company that owns that that is controls the sign. It's actually on a tiny little store that is not actually part of Macy's. It just looks like it should be, and it uh, isn't. Okay. It's like on thirty. No, it's like on not on Sixth Avenue. On Broadway, right. Um, and so it's Macy's who's saying it's Amazon, but the guy oh. who time was laughing and said, we've never talked to Amazon about this. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, so nice see, to have a reporter on. I know, <laughs> right? Get the facts. That's, that's funny. That's that's incredible. Yeah, Barbara, we've got retail conspiracy theories going on here. <laughs> Somebody, this sounds like a Netflix show. <laughs> the Macy's sign. <laughs> I, 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 I won't mention the guesses I had because I don't want to start any rumors. But... <laughs> Uh, there are other prominent online retailers, which that's the language that was used in the court filing, prominent online retailer who's interested. Um, so we'll see if it's if Thanksgiving Day, you might see someone else's name besides Macy's. Wow. Interesting. That sign. That's really interesting. And that gets even back to the whole Thanksgiving Day parade and that's coming back. Um, and, Huge eyeballs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, give it. Give me some because uh, I, I need some help here, guys. Give me some context around the the, the various retail brands, Saks, Macy's. Like, where is this landscape? What does it look like right now? Like, what, where, what? How are they doing? How are they differentiating themselves? Are they all, are they all a sea of sameness? Like, what are the what are the well, things? Maybe, maybe mean, you can put this into the con matrix. Yeah, like uh, Saks and Neiman and Daphne. See if you agree with me. They're very high end. Um, like Neiman. It's particularly skewed very, very wealthy, where I would say 90% of their revenues come from 10% of very, very rich people. Oh, interesting. Um, so that's Neiman. Sachs is kind of up in that stratosphere, maybe not quite as high as Neiman, but pretty mm-hmm. high. Mm-hmm. Nordstrom is higher, is more luxury than Macy's, mm. um, but not quite as high as Neiman. So mm. Nordstrom has been doing some really interesting collaborations. Like they've collaborated with Nike and they're really experimental and they go into a lot of interesting kinds of different things. And then you have Macy's, which I think is more mainstream. It's it's mm. not like JCPenney um, <laughs> there, but it's mm-hmm. much more of everybody's department store. It literally is kind of everybody's department store. It looks like we're out of time. Daphne, thank you so much for joining us today. And tell us again where our listeners could go to keep up with you and Retail Dive. It's always so fun to be here. Thank you. Um, we're at RetailDive.com and um publish five days a week and very good stuff they know what's happening so turn to retail dive we're going to take a short break when we come back we're going to talk about marketing at sir kensington's which is a gourmet condiment company this is marketing banners business radio sirius xm 132 